0: Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports podcast presented by SIP Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandemotter. Welcome back, Jack. Hello, hello. Today for you guys, we have more of a traditional episode. It's our Indian season preview, and yes, the Indians start in two days, so this may be out a day or two late, but you can still listen to it because it applies to the whole season.
1: All right, so... To begin things off, opening day will be Thursday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. Uh, 110, first pitch versus the Detroit Tigers. Shane Bieber will be on the mound. And I'm looking forward to some Indians baseball. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely been a while. We had the shortened season, obviously, too, last year. So I'm excited okay. to get in the full like, regular season starting in April, you know, when it's cold and none of the balls can even fly out of progressive field. But it's going to be an exciting one. It's a new look team, a really young team. And talking about new faces, let's hop right into our first part. We have some additions and some inside additions and even some subtractions, Jack.
1: So to start things off, we've got some additions. Like you said, some inside additions and some outside additions. Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario are the first two guys we're going to talk about. Those being the main pieces from the Lindor trade that are going to play right away. Andres Jimenez, a defensive shortstop, and Ahmed Rosario, who is an outfielder-slash-shortstop, both kind of trying to fill the hole that Francisco Lindor left. The next guy is Eddie Rosario, who we signed from the Twins. Ben Gamel, we signed to a minor league deal. And Trevor Stefan, who we actually picked up in the Rule of Five draft from the Yankees.
0: Yeah, so some new faces. There could be more coming up from the minors soon, but obviously, like you said, we got Rosario and Jimenez from the Mets. It looks like has won that shortstop position, and we'll talk about this a lot more once we get to our roster view, but those two will be exciting. Rosario actually had a pretty good spring hitting, but a really subpar one in the field. Eddie Rosario is our big offseason addition, signed him from the Twins. That's a big get, and we'll see if he can produce for this outfield. Same with Ben Gamble, signed with the minor league deal, made the team, but really didn't hit too well at the end of spring training. And finishing it off, Trevor Steven, A Rule 5 pick from the New York Yankees, the hard-throwing reliever. We'll see what he can add to this Indians' young bullpen, and maybe he brings some heat for this bullpen. But a big theme here, Jack, is that these guys are all young. A lot of them are young, and this Indians team is going to be a really, really new roster, so we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, so some of the inside ads that the Indians were able to make were Oliver Perez, the... 39-year-old reliever, but he still pitches pretty well. Emmanuel Classé, who is can really throw some heat. Yu Chang, who has been with the Indians for a couple years now and is finally starting to break into the lineup. And then Jake Bowers. And real quick, too, like, just to bring back what you said, is all of these moves outside of Oliver Perez, Like we really got younger and we dumped a lot of the salary, which was obviously a playing thing by our owner, <laughs> unfortunately. But a lot of these ads are, are actually pretty big moves. I, and if you haven't checked out our interview that John did with Yu Chang about a year ago, definitely check that out. It kind of gets his perspective before he got to, to hit the major league. So I, I actually have a lot of hope for some of these guys, especially Emmanuel Classe, who is going to be an interesting addition to our pitching staff.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, especially with someone like Classe. Again, Yu Chen, go check out that interview. Thanks, Jack. And the Indians have a lot of these guys coming up. Oliver Perez seems like he's about 68 years old now, but he's still with the Indians. They also signed him to a minor league deal. Let's move on real quick, just because we're going to go more in depth over these guys. The Indians also had a lot of subtractions this offseason, including, obviously, Francisco Lindor, the superstar shortstop, Carlos Carrasco, the fan favorite, and still a great pitcher, Carlos Santana, another fan favorite. He goes to a division rival in the Royals. Delano DeShields, Tyler Naquin, who was a big favorite, and then Jeffrey Rodriguez, who the Indians didn't really see much of last year or at all last year, but he was a good young pitcher, and I'm kind of sad that he's gone, but it's someone that the Indians kind of wanted to move away from due to injuries. So a lot of change, Jack. (laughs) It's going to be a completely new team. If you're hopping on the bandwagon this year, it's going to be kind of confusing compared to past years, but there's some promise, there's some hope, and maybe they'll be able to get it done. So let's hop into these main headlines.
1: So starting off with our first headline, Adam Plutko was treated to the Orioles for cash considerations.
0: Yeah, so Adam Plutko was actually out of minor league options, meaning that he had to start the year on our roster or go to the minors. And Logan Allen actually won the last starting spot over him, or Tristan McKenzie, So the Indians, unfortunately, had to trade Plutko. They got cash from the Orioles, which Dolan will probably like a lot. And he was a good piece, a good bullpen piece for the Indians, more than a starter. And, I mean, it's just pitching depth. But the Indians have so much in the minors that, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter too much.
1: Yeah, the next headline is Tito's health issues. Obviously, this has been a pretty big deal over the last year or so. And we, want, we really hope the longtime Indians manager can, can be there as, as he is a crucial piece to this Indians team.
0: Yeah, so we saw obviously what happened last year with Sandy Alomar actually coaching a good portion of the season for the Indians. But Tito seems to be a lot more healthy this year. He did miss Monday because I think he has a broken foot or something and he was getting fitted for a new boot. But hopefully the Indians can have him for a full season, if not a full season, majority of the season. He's a great coach, and I, I just hope that he can get that health together.
1: Our third headline is Jake Bowers winning the job over Bobby Bradley.
0: Yeah, so this was one that people were really mad at if you looked at it on social media. Bobby Bradley, a young Indian's first baseman who seems to be in our system for absolutely forever, had an awesome spring hitting 303 with 10 hits and 11 RBIs. Even it had five doubles. The Indians have been looking for a first base replacement after Carlos Santana left, even kind of with Carlos last year as he was in a season-long slump. But the thing is, Jake Bauer is Jack. The Indians organization loves him, and he was also out of minor league options like Adam Plutka was. But the Indians didn't want to trade him. They wanted to give him one more chance since he's still relatively young. So they sent Bradley down to the alternative site down here in Columbus, and they're going to start the year with Jake Bowers and see how it goes.
1: So what do you think is the main reason for that decision?
0: I, I Like I said, I think it's because he was out of minor league options. They traded for Bowers a couple years ago from the Rays. He used to be a pretty big prospect in their system, and the Indians have always liked him. I don't understand why, personally. I would have taken Bradley over him, too. But I understand that they want to give him a chance without cutting him. He did hit like 200 this spring training, which isn't that good. But if you did watch today, he hit a home run. So maybe he can start the season off hot.
1: So the next headline we're going to talk about is some veterans winning the job over Daniel Johnson.
0: Yeah, so the Indians outfield obviously hasn't been a great sight to see these past couple years. They had the worst batting average in the entire MLB last year. And the front office really wanted to trade, like change that this offseason. So obviously they brought in Eddie Rosario, who didn't have a hot spring training. But veterans are veterans in spring training. Who knows how seriously they take it. So I really don't have much worry there, even though he does traditionally have a low on-base percentage. The center field job is the most kind of worry here because you have top prospects, older guys like Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado, who didn't make the roster. And you don't know if they'll ever even come through now. Are the Indians going to give them a chance? You have someone like Ben Gamow, who did not hit well at all in spring training, especially towards the end, who's probably going to start for us in center field. And then in right field, it's a big question mark, because you have a young player like Josh Naylor, who, what we saw, he did. He was fantastic in the playoffs versus the Yankees. I think he was like five for seven. And then you have someone like Franmil Reyes, who obviously is going to be our DH. But when you go to a National League park, you're going to want his bat in the lineup. So can he play right field? There's a lot of questions with this outfield. And going back to the main point, Jack Daniel Johnson had a great spring training, but they chose to go with these veterans over him.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we're gonna the outfield has been kind of a, a cause for concern for the Indians over the last few years, not being able to find their guy. And I think a lot of these moves, like Bradley, for example, and Daniel Johnson might be kind of looking towards the future in the sense that they, they really want to not push these guys and rush them into, you know, productive minutes, which could be a good or bad move. I'm not really sure at the moment. But I really I want to talk about the, the next headline we're going to talk about is a guy that he mentioned in Oscar Mercado. And Oscar Mercado was a guy who really kind of came on the scene as rookie Really strong. I mean, he, he, he hit very well. He kind of cooled off towards the end of the year, but followed that that great rookie season up with kind of a dud last year, and he's not looked great in spring training. John, will Oscar Mercado ever be the same?
0: Jack, I, I I don't know. I think it's too early to say. He did bat two fourteen in spring training this year. He struck out in twenty five percent of his bats, which is not a good number. Obviously, Mercado is an amazing outfielder and someone that the Indians will definitely miss defensively this year when they don't have him on the Major League roster. But we saw how good he was hitting his rookie season. He combined some slap hitting with some power, had like 15 home runs while hitting 270. He was great. He was someone that the Indians have been looking for, someone that they wanted, and someone that they desperately needed. I think Oscar Mercado is just going to have to take his time and trust the Indians' hitting system, which... Obviously, has not been great, but he's just gonna have to put in the work and try to work his way back to the Indians' major league squad because obviously, nothing's given here.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Oscar Mercado really flashed, and uh, we thought, you know, maybe there's some hope for our outfield, but has not been able to follow that up. That's definitely a storyline that we'll be covering and paying attention to pretty closely throughout the year. So next, and this is really the big headline of the Indians' offseason, is how do you replace Francisco Lindor? Just to refresh really quick, the Mets acquired shortstop Francisco Lindor and pitcher Carlos Carrasco. The Indians returned Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Josh Wolfe, and Isaiah Green, those last two being prospects. But certainly this is a move that does not help the Indians in the immediate time being. This is more of a future move, as most people know, and a salary dump. So, I mean, how do you replace Francisco Lindor, and is that even possible?
0: Well, first off, I don't think it's possible to replace a player like Francisco Lindor, both like financially on a marketing scale, and just like as a baseball player as a whole. But the Indians' plan is to play Andres Jimenez, who they did get from the Mets, and I think it would be super unrealistic and like totally unfair to Andres Jimenez. To expect a season this year or even next year or even the year after that to have something like Francisco Lindor did. And Jimenez has a bright future. I think he's going to be a great shortstop. I think he has potential to be the Indians' starting shortstop for years to come. The thing is, Jack, he's, he's only 22 years old. So, like, this guy's young. He hasn't had many years in the majors. And, yeah, I think he'll be great. And I think he could do good stuff for the Indians this year. I just think it would be unfair to ask him to be a Francisco Lindor this early in his career.
1: I absolutely agree. I will say the one thing, though, is Andres Jimenez is a very good defensive shortstop, which obviously Francisco Lindor was as well. But I think that it's much more realistic to think that, you know, Andres Jimenez can fill that void defensively. But obviously the hitting is probably won't be there, even despite Francisco Lindor kind of struggling over the last year, year and a half. But yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's just way too much pressure to, to throw Andres Mena's in there, especially at twenty two years old, and expect anything close to filling Francisco Lindor's void. It's just not not realistic expectations for a guy that young and experienced. But like you said, he definitely has a lot of potential.
0: Yeah, and he can get to a a good point in his career where you know he's talked about, he's known around the league, and he's getting a big contract.
1: So the pitching rotation continues to get younger, the average age being 24 and a half years old, which is incredibly young, especially considering how good our pitching rotation is. And besides Bieber, not one of the other four guys has more than 29 MLB starts, which again goes to show the inexperience and, and the use of this pitching rotation. What do you, What are your expectations for this pitching rotation, and are these guys that are going to be around for a long time?
0: Well, first off, I just want to say, dude, talking about this is getting me so pumped for the season. But yeah, the average age of this Indian's five-man pitching rotation, Jack, is 24.4 years old. The Indians have obviously cleared out their older pitchers, the guys who were expecting big salaries like Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger, Trevor Bauer. We saw Trevor Bauer just get the highest annual contract in MLB history, which is crazy to think about. Carrasco as well, too. Carrasco, yeah. Carrasco, too. And I have really high expectations for this pitching rotation, Jack. Now, four of the five guys did not have a good spring training. I would say Shane Bieber would be in the middle, and then someone like Aaron Savale, Zach Plesak, and Tristan McKenzie did not have good outings, but... Again, you got to take that with a grain of salt because once you get into MLB Stadium and once these guys actually start throwing their stuff seriously, it's different. Now, do I have some concerns because they're young a little bit? But I think they'll all be able to step up. They've all shown on a major league level that they can produce and that they can produce at a really, really high level. So I'm excited for this. Obviously, you're headlining it with Shane Bieber, who went out and won the Cy Young. He's going to definitely look to go get another one this year. But I'm just really excited to see all these young guys finally come together as a unit. This is something that the Indians have been really envisioning over the past couple years. With, like, you've seen these guys in the minors, like Shane Bieber throwing no hitters. You had, I think, Zach Pleazak also throwing no hitters. Tristan McKenzie was a really high draft pick. So these guys are going to be good. And the one person, Jack, that I'm really happy for and that I've had doubts about in the past is Logan Allen. Logan Allen was the one pitcher in this rotation that I was waiting to say that did have a really good spring. And he was in a competition with guys like Cal Quantrill and Adam Plutko to get the fourth or fifth spot in the rotation and he went out and absolutely killed it and showed that he did deserve a spot on this roster. And that not only that, but he deserved to start in this roster.
1: Yeah, 100%. And you said this is getting you pumped. This is really what the Indians are going to be all about in, in 2021. with With a, a really solid pitching staff, and, and out, outside of the outfield, a really solid defense. The, the pitching staff is, like you said, inexperienced. But you know, the Indians really built this pitching staff with the future in mind, which is why they got rid of those you know superstars that were in their prime. So I, I think this is going to be really interesting to see how this pitching rotation develops, as the Indians' pitching has been so good for so many years. So it's, it's, I really like how they're building this as a unit, and you've got all these guys in a really similar age range, so they'll all kind of hit their stride at, at similar times. Obviously, Shane Bieber is already kind of in his prime, even as a young player. But, yeah, this is something that I'm definitely looking forward to watching and will really be the bright spot of the Indian season this upcoming year. Next up, in our in one of our final headlines, is can Fran Mill step up and take the power rule? and real quick, Fran Mill has been he's been with the Indians a couple years now and we've really, he's shown flashes but he's also shown slumps and he's a massive guy, really expected to be the power hitter. Can Fran Mill kind of fully take that step and lead this offense this season?
0: Yeah, so the Indians kind of got Fran Mill with the expectation that yeah, he could hit for a decent average but that he's going to be this huge power hitter and Fred Meal kind of did the opposite last year where he hit 275 with nine home runs. And now nine home runs wasn't bad in the shortened season, but it's just not something you expect of a guy. It's kind of a flip-flop sort of outcome hitting 275, which was honestly one of the best averages on the team. But I think they're going to expect Fred Meal to take that jump this year. They really need someone to hit power. And they obviously brought in Eddie Rosario to help with that. But having Fred Meal... You know, being that four spot and hitting a lot of people in is what they want, and it's really what they need, too. So Fred Mule definitely has the potential to step up. Like you said, he was slumpy, though, last year. And is it something that he could do on a consistent basis? And that's something they really have to watch for this season.
1: Yeah, you brought up a good point about the average and, and the power. He's never really kind of – like, I, like, he's one of those guys that – You see the talent that he, and you see the production and talent that he's capable of, but it doesn't seem like he's reached his peak yet. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see if he can kind of transform into that player that we're hoping he can be. Obviously still a pretty young guy too, so definitely something to watch. The next thing we want to talk about is defense in the outfield. We kind of briefly talked about the outfield earlier, but obviously still a problem for the Indians. What are the Indians going to look like in the outfield, and, and defensively, What are their what is their outlook?
0: Yeah, so it, it definitely depends on who they're facing every day because if a lot of these Indians outfielders are like platoon types, so like Ben Gamble or Jordan Luplo. They both hit really well off of lefties, but every day you're probably not going to have Jordan Luplo and Ben Gamble in the lineup together. So like I said before earlier too, the Indians, you don't get that DH in the National League again this year. And the Indians play the Reds, I think, in the middle of April. And Tito's going to want Friend Meal in the lineup. So I think last game he was taking some reps in right field. The Indians might not have the strongest outfield defensively. You don't have guys on the roster this year like Oscar Mercado or Bradley Zimmer. Eddie Rosario has a good bat, but he's not a great outfielder. Ben is really the only natural outfielder there. And he might not even be starting in center field every day because The Indians still want Ahmed Rosario on the lineup because they did get him in the Lindor trade. He was one of the bigger pieces. So they would put him in center field, but we've all seen his woes in spring training. He hasn't looked great. I mean, you really can't blame the dude. It's definitely hard to throw someone in a Major League Baseball game and be like, hey, play this new position, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that's going to be rough for the Indians, especially if you have a defensive outfield like Rosario, Rosario, and Fred Meal, you know? Like, the Indians will definitely be using a lot of defensive replacements and in late innings, and be doing a lot of different lineups with these outfielders this year.
1: Yeah, we've kind of have two sides of the spectrum. You got guys like Mercado and Zimmer who can't really hit, but they can field, and you got guys like who you just mentioned who, who who can hit, but their fielding maybe isn't as strong. So it, it's really kind of interesting to see how the Indians and Tito will use these guys to kind of maximize their chances to win the game, and it'll be that'll be something that's really important, I think, in, all, in the outcome of a lot of games this season. So last thing we want to talk about is bullpen structure before we get into the roster preview and predictions. The bullpen has been up and down for the Indians the last couple of years, but you have got some great spots in our, our pen this year, and it'll be interesting to see uh, who kind of takes the lead.
0: Yeah, so the Indians kind of like the starting rotation, Jack. The bullpen is pretty young, obviously, besides someone like Oliver Perez, but it's kind of shaky in the fact that the Indians don't have, like, their closer this year. And a lot of people might say it's Karinczak, but I don't think they're just ready to go with him yet because he's definitely had his issues with control. Now, don't get me wrong. He has potential. I think he could be a great closer in the future. But I just don't think that the Indians think he's there yet. So I'm really starting to think that the Indians might start the year out with someone like Nick Whitgrin in the closing role. But it could also always just change day to day. Guys pitch. Guys are tired. Someone else takes the ace. Someone else takes the ninth inning. So I think you might see a combination of guys like Nitwit Grin, James Karinchak, and Emmanuel Classe taking the eighth and ninth inning in these games early this year. But there's also some other really exciting guys that we're going to see in this bullpen that maybe not, might not pitch in the closing role or a setup role. And those are someone like Phil Machine, mayton who I really like. He was great for us last year in situations. Then you have Brian Shaw, who was an absolute wild card coming into the season. The Indians signed him to a minor league deal, and he ended up making the team with a really good ERA in spring training. Obviously, he's a scary guy to watch, a Cody Allen-esque sort of player, where you just don't know what's going to happen. But, hey, Tito loves him. He's always loved him. Our pitching coaching is great, so who knows? Maybe he has a lot of potential there. Then you have Oliver Perez. You have Cal Quantrill who might go in from pitching in the bullpen to starting. So we'll see. He's still young. He has a lot of potential. And someone like Trevor Steven, like we talked like we talked about before, has an absolute cannon of arm. He made the roster for a reason, so we'll see what happens with him.
1: Yeah, definitely something to pay attention to. A lot of potential, but a lot of inexperience. I think would be there would be a lot of moments where we're on the edge of our seat as these guys try to close out the game. So now let's we're going to get into our roster review and preview and just kind of you know give our predictions for who's going to be starting and uh, what kind of those main rotations are going to look like, beginning with the pitching staff kind of continuing what we just left off. We got starter Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savale, Logan Allen, and Tristan McKenzie. Very young, but a lot of potential. What do you, what do you think about those guys real quick and then we can get into our
0: Yeah, we've already talked a lot about the starting rotation. I think they have the potential to be great. I think the first couple weeks there's a couple of off days, so we might see McKenzie out of the pen. I know they're starting Logan Allen on the fourth game, which is the Indians home opener. So it may be some time till we see Tristan McKenzie starting. They may even put him as an opener for that game. But this could be a really solid rotation, Jack.
1: Moving on to the relievers, like we just talked about. James Karinchek, Nick Whitgren, Emmanuel Classe, Phil Maton, Brian Shaw, Oliver Perez, Cal Quantrill, and Trevor Steven. We, we just kind of talked about those guys so we won't spend too much time there. But definitely some, some guys to look out for. Infielders. Jake Bowers, Cesar Hernandez, Andres Jimenez, Jose Ramirez, Yu Chang—really, the new guys there being Andres Jimenez, Yu Chang. Some casual fans might not know much about Jake Bowers, but Cesar Hernandez, who played really well, um, should be the leadoff hitter for us this year. And then Jose Ramirez, obviously, who's been one of the staples and one of the few main pieces of our batting that's left. So, what do you? How are you feeling about our infielders, both defensively and offensively?
0: Well, obviously, you got the guys who just totally have their positions and. Cesar Hernandez and Jose Ramirez, who are both great. I love both of them. I think Cesar is kind of underrated. To be honest, he did great last year. He was a Gold Glover, hit great in spring training. So I'm really excited to see how he does this upcoming year. And then Jose, of course, too. Everyone loves J Ram, the Goat. Jose, Jose, Jose. Jose. I think he's Hold gonna. peach. Yeah. I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to be in the MVP discussion again. I think it may wash out some of the Lindor woes, some of the Lindor. You know, I miss him so much because I think Jose is going to do great for us. But there's some really young guys here like Bowers, Jimenez, Chang. I'm really happy for Chang. He's been grinding a lot. He finally made the opening day roster. But there definitely could be some switches here in the season, especially with someone like Bobby Bradley coming up, you know?
1: Right, I I like the point you made about Jose being a potential MVP candidate. He'll really be the guy to, to carry the offense, I think, if anyone like the betting favorite. Um, and also, Jose, like I think the one thing that might hold him back is if the Indi- the Indians' record. I don't know how what their record will look like, um, so that could hold him back from MVP consideration. Although it's not quite as important in baseball as it is in other sports, but definitely we all love Jose. And then again, like you mentioned, I'm really excited to see Yu Chang, who we've had on here. So, so definitely some, some hope in the infield, even with the loss of Francisco Lindor. Next up, we got outfielders. Eddie Rosario, Ben Gammel, Josh Naylor, Jordan Luplo, Ahmed Rosario. We've talked about a lot of these guys uh, as the outfield is kind of our position of, of most concern. But overall, how do, how do you feel about this outfield going into the season?
0: You know, I don't really think it's secure besides left field with Eddie Rosario there. Someone I'm really excited for is Josh Naylor. I know the Indians really have high hopes for him. He's still pretty young, but he didn't have a great spring training. I'm really hoping he can turn it around this season because that would be a great guy to be your everyday right fielder. They have a lot of work to do with this outfield. It has the potential to definitely be better than this year, but I wouldn't have super high expectations for it, Jack.
1: I agree. Catchers, Roberto Perez, Austin Hedges. Roberto Perez, most people know, took over John Gomes years ago, and has been one of the best defensive catchers in the league. But both of these guys, really, if you don't know about Austin Hedges, are, are really solid defensively. However, offensively, they're not quite as good, and the Indians know that. But that's, I mean, it, for years now, that's been the case. To really, it's, these guys are just the, really friendly to their pitchers and help them out, which has been part of the reason that the pitching, Indians pitching staff has been so good over the years.
0: Yeah, these guys are a huge part of the success of the pitching staff. They've been so great defensively. But like you said, they aren't the best hitters out there. The Indians, in addition to having the worst average for an outfield last year, also had the worst average for a catching unit. I love Roberto. He didn't hit great last year, but that's not what the Indians want. The Indians want defensive catchers, and you're getting that with Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges. Obviously Roberto was a gold glove. He's going to start four of the five days a week. And then Hedges. Hedges is great defensively, but I don't know how much of an upgrade he is offensively from Sandy Leon. I'm telling you, I'm not going to miss Sandy Leon, but Hedges does not look like he has a great future offensively though. 20 of his 35 at bats in spring training, he did strike out Jack. So we might not be seeing a lot offensively from the catchers this year. But one thing I'll tell you, they really helped this pitching rotation. And we're going to see a lot of guys thrown out at second and third base. So that will at least be exciting.
1: Yeah, I was really kind of actually disappointed when Sandy Leon left because every time he'd go to the Indians game, it'd be a hot day. Whenever he was up to bat, he'd brush you off with some breeze. When it, so it was really nice. And <laughs> Austin Hedges maybe will be able to fill that role, but we'll see. Um, and last guy, last guy we're going to talk about is D.H. Franmil Reyes. Again, we've mentioned him previously, but a guy that hopefully can take that next step this year will really need him to step up. If the Indians want to have any chance of competing, we need his power. We need his uh, leadership, and, and just he's, he's a really good spark to this lineup. Anything you want to say about Framil?
0: Just the thing is, he's going to have to be able to make that transition from DH to right field, so we'll really see. I know he hasn't been a great outfielder in the past when he started there for the Padres, this is kind of the Cleveland Padres, Jack, but we'll see, what, we'll see what happens.
1: Just like the LSE Browns, there's a trend going on in Cleveland. All right, so let's, last thing we're going to do is just give our season predictions, our record predictions, and if we think the Indians will make the playoffs or not. Uh, John, lead it off.
0: No, you lead it off.
1: All right, fine. <laughs> uh, my, my prediction is that they go 75-86. and 86. Look. I want to say they they can sneak into a wild card, and I want to say that they, you know, defensively and and their pitching staff can carry them, but I just think between, I mean, they had woes last year, and and I just don't know that really with the way that the Indians' offseason has gone, losing these big pieces. When we talked about the additions and and subtractions, it was so obvious that the subtractions outweighed the additions. So I, I do think that the team is maybe a year or two or even three away from being competitive again, I think we'll miss the playoffs, go 75 and 86. So we'll be a respectable team, but I might, I guess, about 10, 11 games under 500.
0: Yeah, so if you guys listened to our Lindor special back in January, we all came to the conclusion that the Indians are two to three years away from being legit contenders. But I think this team still has a lot of potential, Jack, and I, I may be a little too hopeful, but my prediction is that they go 85 and 77. Now, obviously this team is not gonna be where it needs to be offensively to do anything major in a playoff in the playoffs. But I do think this team this year has more potential offensive-wise than the team did last year, even with someone like Francisco Lindor there. With that being said, the reason why I really think that they could potentially reach a wild card spot this year is because of pitching. And the teams that you always see win the World Series go to the playoffs. The one reason is because pitching, the next reason is because of pitching, and then the third reason is because of pitching. The best teams who make the playoffs and who go to the World Series have pitching, and the Indians have t- tons of it, Jack. And yes, their starting rotation may be young and unproven yet, but they have potential. They're really good. This bullpen I'm excited about. Again, young, but they have potential. They could be good. So that's my reason for the Indians sneaking into a wild card spot is because they have pitching, and they're going to outpitch you.
1: I agree with that. I really do. It, the, my only kind of c- counter argument to that is the fact that we've had really good pitching in the past, and we've been very good. But especially last year, and even two years ago, our batting has just not been able to kind of keep up. And I think we'll see a lot of games this year that are like zero to two, zero to two, one to two, one to three, like really low scoring games. Just because in, in the Indians might lose some of these games just because their batting won't be able to, to keep up so i think that's really the reason that i have them going 75 and 86 is that i don't think that their hitting is going to be there i think people know maybe not even know but like the strong suit of this 2021 indians team is going to be their pitching and all around defense maybe outside the outfield so that's going to be their kind of strong suit if they're hitting guys like Fred Mel reyes uh, jose ramirez Cesar Hernandez, um, some, other, some of these other guys as well. But, but if they step up, then I absolutely think they can maybe sneak into a wild-card spot. Because like you mentioned, you're, you're completely spot-on with the fact that pitching does get, get you into the playoffs, and, and that's how you make runs. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite as hopeful. I think in the, when we did the cash preview, I also said that they weren't going to make the playoffs. So I guess I, I'm taking the pessimistic route here. Because I just think there's so many holes that they still need to fill. But definitely... There's definitely a chance if things do break, right?
0: Right, and like I said, I just think the potential's there for that offense to be better than it was last year. Obviously, there's a good chance that it couldn't be just because some of these guys are so unproven and so young. But ultimately, I think the pitching will take charge and can maybe lead them to a wild-card spot. We'll see.
1: I will say the last thing before we sign off here is that Francisco Lindor did not hit that well last year. Like, it's not like we can't... Like, it often can't be at least as good as it was last year. And then if, like, you know, like we talked about, if things break right, it could even be better. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think the Indians could be a sneaky team, but at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of let us down a little bit this year. It, it's, it'd be pretty high expectations. But with that said, I think we're going to wrap it up here for our Indians preview. Anything you want to plug before we leave?
0: No, just check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at hottest underscore take pod we post daily on twitter we post sometimes on instagram we're trying to do our best on tiktok but it's hard with school but yeah check out our socials just stay updated with us and go tribe
1: last thing give a quick shout out to my man the chosen 121 on youtube go give him a follow he's a beast up and coming uh sports media guy and with that said it's been a pleasure
0: yeah it was a pleasure I, I don't know if I've seen a seventh grader talk that well, so yeah, go check out the chosen 121 <laughs> on YouTube. He's got some potential there. But thank you again, Jack. It was a pleasure. Glad to do it. And we'll Peace. catch y'all later. Stay hot, our friends. <laughs> Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Black Lions Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore takepop. pop. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all. i will see you next time.